No, yes, thank you very much for joining us tonight for day nine of Luke December 2023 challenge. Imagine it's already day nine, so we are making steady progress and we give all the glory to God for the grace He has given us so far. Today is day nine, and so we are gathered to read together Luke chapter nine and after that to listen to a short exposition on Luke chapter nine by Dr. Adegwega Ogunwale. Reading tonight, uh our resource person for this year is Sister MC Oguntaya. And since we are glad again that you are doing this for us this year, God bless you. Thank you. The pleasure is mine. Thank beautiful, God. beautiful. Okay, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you once again for this wonderful opportunity you have given us this December to read the gospel account according to St. Luke. Thank you for the wonderful treasures you have shown us in the years past. Thank you for how you have been revealing yourself anew to us even this year. Lord, we pray that you will fellowship with us tonight and that those of us who are who are actively reading this and those who are listening and those who are going to listen in the years or days to come will all be blessed. Grant this, O Lord, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Okay, so if you have your Bible, please open it. Uh, this year we are reading from the New King James Version. Luke chapter 9 for day 9 of Luke, December 2023 challenge. Let's read together. Are we ready? Luke chapter 9. Sis, over to you. Okay, thank you. Sending out the 12. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, take nothing for the journey, neither staffs, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you, when you go out of the, that city, Shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. 
So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Herod seeks to see Jesus. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard of all that was done by him, and he was perplexed, because it was said by some that John had risen from the dead, and by some that Elijah had appeared, and by others that one of the old prophets had risen again. Herod said, John I have beheaded, but who is this of whom I hear such things? So he sought to see him. But then, fitting the 5,000. And the apostles, when they had returned, told him all that they had done. And he took them and went aside privately into a deserted place belonging to a city called Bethsaida. But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him and received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed all who had need of healing. When the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, Send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. Then he said to the disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they said so. And they said so and made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. Peter confesses Jesus as a Christ. And it happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him and asked them, saying, Who do the crowd say that I am? Some they answered and said, John the Baptist. But some say, Elijah, say that one of the old prophets has risen again. Verse 20, he said to them, But who do you say that I, that I am? Peter answered and said, The Christ of God. Jesus and resurrection. And he strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised to third day. Take up the cross and follow him. 23. Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to see, save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and his fathers and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. Verse 28, Jesus transfigured on the mount. Now it came to pass about eight days after the saints that he took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered and his robe became white and glistering. And behold, two men talked with him, 
who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his disease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and those with him were heavy and with sleep. And when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Then it happened, as they were parting from him, that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. 34. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were all fearful as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. When the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone, but he kept quiet and told no one in those days any of the things they had seen. A boy is healed. Verse 37. Now it happened on the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, that a great multitude met him. Suddenly, a man from the multitude cried out, saying, Teacher, I implore you, look on my son, for he is my only child. And behold, a spirit seizes him, and he suddenly cries out. It convulses him so that he foams at the mouth, and it departs from him with great difficulty, bruising him. So I implored your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. And as he was still coming, the demon threw him down and convulsed him. Then Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the child, and gave him back to his father. Jesus again predicts his death. Verse 43. And they were all amazed at the majesty of God. But while everyone marveled at all the things which Jesus did, he said to his disciples, let this word sink down into your ears, for the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. But they did not understand his saying, and it was hidden from them so that they did not perceive it, and they were afraid to ask him about his saying. Who is the greatest? Verse 6. Then a dispute arose among them as to which of them will be greatest. And Jesus, perceiving the thoughts of their hearts, took a little child and set him by him and said to them, whoever receives this little child in my name receives me. And whoever receives my me receives him who sent me. For who is least among you will be great. Jesus forbids sectarianism. 49. Now, John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbid him because he does not follow us. But Jesus said to him, Do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is on our side. A Samaritan village rejects the Savior. Verse 51. Now it came to pass, when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered the village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Just as Elijah did. 
But he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. The cost of discipleship. Verse 57. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the hair have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Okay, as announced earlier on, we now have with us for day 9 of Luke December 2023 challenge, Dr. Adik Begogwari. Doc, always a joy to have you with us on Gospel Best Radio. Praise God. Always a joy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we just listened to the reading of Luke chapter 9. And the first question we have here is, uh, okay, so there's a reference to the statement of Jesus to the disciples, take nothing with you for the journey. Take nothing with you for the journey. And the follow-up question is this, why is it that in today's age we do not want to go on evangelism unless we have silver and gold are plenty? Well, thank you very much for that question, Bro Femi. I think the challenge is that over time, even the church of God has been brought under what I call the tyranny of money. Mm, the tyranny of money. Where we think that all we need to be able to get things done on this side of eternity is money. Now, once we are able to put the money together, the word of God is fulfilled that money answered all things. All things. So we believe that money answered all things. And so where God is involved, there will be a constant or or abundant supply of money. Now, once we have that mindset, where we tie performance to the availability of money or whatever money can buy, Mm. then we are likely not to be able to understand the depth of this instruction that Jesus gave his disciples. Now, the first thing you want to realize here is that he said to them, Take nothing for the journey. journey. Now, everything they can take for the journey is a potential distraction from the actual objective of Mm. the journey. Mm. And you will see that today, some Christian ministries, individuals who have gone on ministry, have become derailed only because they were basing performance, success, activities on the availability of or non-availability of money. Mm. They became distracted from the very objective for which they were sent out into the field. Mm. There's neither staff, nor bag, nor bread, as if all of these things Mm. would not be needed. Exactly. But the Lord was uh, making a point. In verse 5, verse 4 of that loop, he says, whatever house you enter, stay there, Mm. and from there, depart. (laughs) 
do you know the many of stay there mm. and from there from depart. they depart what he said is that there is a time lag between stay and depart, and depart yeah then that period of staying and departing your supply is assured now mm. that is the the, the 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 heart of gospel ministry oh, yes stay and depart in between your supply is assured mm. and that was what the lord was telling them amazing and some people say well god cannot mean that of course money has straight all things you need money now the problem with that is that you are failing to appreciate that what you need for a successful ministry or reaching out to people mm. so that they can hear about the new birth beyond Christmas, the birth of the human spirit into the newness of life that the Savior was born can guarantee. I keep saying that Christmas is important because we celebrate the birth of the Savior. But the birth of the Savior is not the most important component. The mm. most important component is that a generation of people will be born, not after the will of the flesh or the will of man or by blood, but by the Spirit. Mm. They will be born, born again. And that is what Jesus came for. And when he sends you and I out, that is what he's sending us out for. If we go based on whether there is money or there is no money, or we gather money to be able to prosecute that objective, mm. we fail to understand that the entire story started by the Spirit, will be perpetrated by the Spirit, will be consummated by the Spirit, mm. will be envisioned by the Spirit, will be fulfilled by the Spirit, will be rewarded by the Spirit. Mm. Where is money in all of this? So there is something else that is more important. That thing can bring money if you need money. But you don't have to wait for money. It is that thing that you must wait for. And I point us quickly to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. The thing that we need that is more important than the purse or the money that we are gathering is stated in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. He says, and God is able to make all grace, grace, not all money, grace. all grace mm. abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Mm. Now, this is what God promises between your staying and your departing. It is all grace. All grace. So for this work, it is not money. It is all grace. Now, if you need money, all grace will provide that money. Finally, let us see where Jesus now gives a different perspective, which some people may misinterpret. In Luke chapter 22, in verse 35, he says, and he said to them, when I sent you without money bag, knapsack, and sandals, did you lack anything? So they said nothing. Hmm. Then he said to them, But now he who has a money bag, let him take it. And likewise, a knapsack, and he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. For I say to you that which is written must still be accomplished in me. And it was numbered with the transgressors, but the things concerning me have an end. 
So they said, Lord, look, here are two swords. And he said to them, it is enough. Now, some people will say, did Jesus not reverse himself here? Mm. And say, now you need money. But you must not forget the premise. He said, when you went out without this money business, did mm. you lack anything? Exactly. They said, nothing. Now, what he's saying there is actually going back to Hebrews chapter 13, where the Bible says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If at the first time you did not lack anything where you went on my word, even now, if you go, you will not lack anything. Then he goes on to give them a paradoxical instruction. He now says, when you can no longer see me and you begin to revise the instruction, mm. that is when you will buy your knapsack and that is when you will buy your sword. Yes. In any case, no matter how many knapsacks you buy, no matter how many swords, they will not be enough because that is not what you need. Mm. So when they told him they had two swords, he said, that is enough. Now, ladies and gentlemen, how can two swords be sufficient for 11 men? Exactly. In fact, at this time, with Christ, there were 12. Judas was nowhere to be found. So what he was saying is, <laughs> that's an interesting thing. We are not talking about swords. Mm -hmm. If we are talking about any sword, definitely not the physical sword. Exactly. And he particularly made that point in 49, verse 49 of that same Luke for chapter 22. Mm. Uh, when those around him saw what was going to happen, they said to him, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? Uh, and one of them did not even wait. Struck mm. the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Mm. But Jesus answered and said, permit even this. And he touched his hair, his hair and healed him. What he was saying is, it is not about that physical sword. It is not about that uh, money that you are putting together. It is about the abundance of grace. Because the healing of the air was actually to reflect what grace can deliver. It was teaching them that be so gracious, even when you don't have. Be so gracious, even when you can, when you have the sword and you can use it, do not use it. Mm -hmm. Be so gracious when you are so limited in your resources that men can see and not realize that you have much more that men cannot see. Yeah. And that is grace. For mm. the Christian life and for the Christian ministry, it will never be about money. It will be about all grace, all which grace. God is able to make to abound towards us mm. so that we always have sufficiency in all things, always having sufficiency in all things, may abound unto every good work. Amazing, amazing. And thank God for the Holy Spirit leading and leading you to to interpret it in that manner. So when our Lord said to his disciples, take nothing with you, he expected them, as he expects us, to depend on his all-sufficient grace. That is something more important, more useful in ministry work than money. And all that we all will hear, all that we all will hear. Thank you very much, Doug. God bless you very good. Amen. Okay, Doc, in, in Luke 9.20, uh, we read of that great confession by by Peter. And and of course, our Lord himself did 
acknowledge that Peter made that confession not by his own power, but by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You are the Christ of God. I'm reading from the New King James Version. How foundational is this to our faith? Well, Brother Femi, I can tell you, without missing words, mm. that that is the foundation of the Christian's journey. Mm. Now, if you come to Jesus as anything else, or as anybody else, mm. but the Christ of God, that you are not going to be a Christian. And you are not going to say that your name is written in the book of life. You can yes. say any other thing. You can have all sorts of theologies, but you will not be able to say that. But a more important consideration that I want to present to us tonight is that in the opening part of that interaction, Jesus mm. was the one speaking. He yes. said to them, but who do you say that I uh, am? There are two parties there, just two parties, you and I, you and I. And it's very key that in this understanding as of Christ, as the Christ of God, it must start with the two parties, you and him alone. The crowds can say whatever they want to say. Mm -hmm. The people in the synagogue can believe that he has a demon and is a one beaver. Some people can even say that he's uh, healing with the power of the prince of darkness. People can say whatever they want to say. Yeah. In fact, some people can say that he's a healer and he's a mighty prophet. Yeah. But who do you say that I am? What am I to you as a person? Unless a person has a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus born on Christmas Day, then every Christmas that he celebrates is of no spiritual moment. I'm saying that until you begin to experience the newness of life that the Christ of God can give, the celebration of Christmas is like the version of Christ that the crowds knew. Hmm. And the crowd knew him as several things. And that's what Christmas means. You know, so for some people, it's a Christmas tree. Yeah. For some people, it's an opportunity to wrap gifts. For some people, it's the only time they go to church. There are so many things in the crowd. But yeah. the Lord Jesus is inviting you and I. Personally, who do you say that I am? And he said, you are the Christ of God. I go to the meaning of that. The Christ of God means that he is the savior of a life from sin. He says he will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, the Christ of God is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. world. There is no other religion that has the Christ of God. Religions may have a living master. They may have a, a, a human being who has such a fine character and can provide leadership and guidance in how to live your life in a pristine or morally upright manner. Mm -hmm. But there is no person before Christ and after him who says that if you believe in me, I will give you eternal life. No one will snatch you out of my hand and you will never perish. Nobody mm -hmm. can say that because they are not the Christ of God. And this was what Peter, the fisherman who saw him face to face, had to say about him in the book of Acts chapter 4. One of the earliest verses of scripture that I knew as a child of God when I first came to Jesus. Mm. He says, nor is there salvation 
in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must receive. This is the meaning of the Christ of God. And that is why it is fundamental to the building of the Christian faith Mm. in a personal life. First, it must be a personal experience. It's not an experience of the crowd. It's a personal experience. Until he has saved you from your sins. Until his name has declared you free from the eternal punishment of of the sinner. Then you cannot say that is the Christ of God to you. You'll be lost in the crowd conjuring all sorts of ideas. But if you can come to him today and say, Lord Jesus, I know you are on a personal level now. You are the Christ of God because you have saved me from my sins. And then you are truly saved. Your name is written in the book of life. And then your Christian life can be built upon that cornerstone. I pray the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen indeed. Amen indeed. There is no name under heaven by which we must be saved except the name of Jesus. And that is the that is the explanation. That is the meaning of Peter's confession in Luke 9.20. You are the Christ of God. That is the only way. That is the only name by which men can be saved. Thank you very much. And finally today, on day 9 of Luke, December 2023 challenge, we are reflecting on Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9.62 but Jesus said to him, No one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. What's the message in that for us today, Doug? Yeah, brother, I think the message in that is very simple that Jesus saves us from sin. That's the whole essence of Christmas that there is a savior born who saves a sinner from his sins. And that once you become saved, he wants you to keep following him. So you lay your hand upon the plow and you continue to plow in that straight and narrow path. Mm. I says, if you for any reason now decide to look back, you will not be worthy. You will not be fit for the kingdom of God. Now, this becomes a conundrum for those who say that once you lay your hand on the plow, you will get into the kingdom even if you stop plowing and you start dancing around and doing other things. But that is not what the Lord said here. He said you must keep your hand on the plow. Not only that, you must not look back. And in Luke 17, one other scripture, one of the shortest scriptures that I know, but very powerful. He says, in verse 32. In fact, I think it's the next shortest after John 11, 35. Mm. It says, remember Lord's wife. Oh my God. <laughs> That's the entire verse. Exactly. And when we remember Lord's wife, Lord's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. She was already delivered from Sodom and Gomorrah. Gomorrah. She did not become a pillar of salt in the city. She was already delivered from that city. Do not convince yourself that after you have come to know the new birth that the Savior offers you, you are born again. Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior is living in your heart. That you can live your life the way you like. And because your name is written in the book of life, it will forever be there and it cannot be blotted out. Some people argue that it can never be blotted out. 
And when I read something in my in my Bible, I I I became I became surprised. Revelation chapter three, verse five. He says, "He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments." To keep your hand upon that plow, you will have to overcome things. You have to overcome temptation. You have to overcome trials. You have to overcome tribulation. He says, "If you then overcome by the grace that we talked about earlier, mm. that infinite supply of grace," he says, "If they overcome, he will be clothed in white garments." And I will not blot out his name from the book of life. Says I will not blot out. Mm, Meaning that there are out. some people mm. whose names can be blotted out. And I'm saying, oh God, mm. if my name has made it into that book, what will I do for that name to be blotted out? Hebrews chapter 10. And that is what I must never do. Mm. And you'll be surprised. It looks very simple, mm -hmm. but it starts small, grows big, and becomes a disaster. Mm. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 30, let me start from verse 38. It says, now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Mm -hmm. But we are not of those who draw back. And this was where the question now arose. When we draw back, what do we draw back to? Says, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition. See, the danger of drawing back is not that you are slipping into sinfulness. God will forgive you whenever you fall back into sin and you ask him to forgive you. Mm -hmm. But when you live that life that you have come to know through the Savior and you return to a life that does not have the Savior in the picture, then you are drawing back to perdition. And the Bible says we are not of those that draw back onto perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. I conclude this way. At the day you laid your hand upon the plow was the day you invited Jesus, the Savior of the world, born on that day that we celebrate as Christmas. You invited him into your life. And then you are ready to go on with him, plowing in that straight and narrow. Mm -hmm. If you fall back for any reason, quickly tell him you are sorry and continue your journey. Or if you look back and be him to travel back. Then he says, what you will meet on the way is perdition. Mm. And that is not God's lot for you. Because those who return that way, God will have no pleasure in them. My prayer is that the Lord, by his infinite supply of grace, will keep our hands on the plow. And we will have no reason whatsoever to ever look back away from him. Amen. 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 Remember Lord's wife. Remember Lord's wife. If you are looking for the meaning of Luke 9:62, well, we admonished. Remember, remember Lord's wife. Doc, thank you so very much for joining us today for day nine of Luke December 2023 challenge, and we give all the glory to God. We look forward to you joining us again on day 24, which will be the final Amen. day, and may the Lord give us grace in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Please say a word of prayer. Dear Father, we thank you for the privilege we have had again to look at these truths from your word to us. They are ancient words. They are ever true. And they are changing us and changing the world around us. We are grateful. Lord, we have looked at the need for grace and not money. Lord, help us to focus on you, Jesus. You are the grace of God, the Bible says, and of his fullness. Have we all received and grace for grace? There is a grace that is able to make 
himself available to us unto abounding mm -hmm. to every good work. Help us to be in full receipt of this full grace in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, we ask that we will not be distracted by the tyranny of money and be brought under the, 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 the power of material wealth, which will then limit us in our spiritual objectives. Father, Lord, we pray that we shall not be men seeking the sword of the, the, the sword of wealth or the sword of influence or the sword of material capacity. We'll be those who will seek the sword of the spirit and dwell upon its truth and run to the ends of the air because the sword of the spirit is with us lord we pray that those who have not yet come to recognize the christ of god as their personal lord and savior who might be willing to celebrate christmas mm. we at this christmas celebration even before it have a genuine encounter with the cornerstone mm. that they too will become living stones and be built into a spiritual house for those of us who have come to know him, we pray that as we have laid our hands upon the plow, may we continually receive grace that we may be more than conquerors, overcoming all the distractions on the journey that we might enter into the life promised us from the very beginning of the journey. May we never be of those who return unto perdition, but may we always be of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. We thank you, give glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Amen. And yes, thank you once again for staying with us tonight on gospelbearstudio.com for day 9 of Luke December 2023 challenge. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. God bless you very good. You are listening to gospelbellsradio.com, the Christian internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of Christ. Keep listening and invite others too. God bless you.